So Psalm 144. Praise be to the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. He is my loving God and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield, in whom I take refuge, who subdues peoples under me. Lord, what are human beings that you care for them? Mere mortals that you think of them. They're like a breath. Their days are like a fleeting shadow. Part your heavens, Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains so that they smoke. Send forth lightning and scatter the enemy. Shoot your arrows and rout them. Reach down your hand from on high. Deliver me and rescue me from the mighty waters, from the hands of foreigners whose mouths are full of lies, whose right hands are deceitful. I will sing a new song to you, my God. On the ten-stringed lyre I will make music to you, to the one who gives victory to kings, who delivers his servant David. From the deadly sword deliver me, rescue me from the hands of foreigners whose mouths are full of lies, whose right hands are deceitful. Then our sons in their youth will be like well-nurtured plants, and our daughters will be like pillars carved to adorn a palace. Our barns will be filled with every kind of provision. Our sheep will increase by thousands, by tens of thousands in our fields. Our oxen will draw heavy loads. There will be no breaching of the walls, no going into captivity, no cry of distress in our streets. Blessed is the people of whom this is true. Blessed is the people whose God is the Lord. Morning everyone, let's turn to uh, Psalm 144 and uh, keep that open as we study this together this morning. And let's pray and ask for God to help us. Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for your word. Thank you for the Psalms. And thank you that you speak to us through the Bible. We pray that you would speak to us for our benefit this morning, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, I've got a question. Where do you belong? A question to which I guess there are a number of different possible answers. Uh, I really feel like I belong in Hove, for instance. Or I really feel like I belong at the Saturday morning park run. I'd love to be there, but with Corona at the moment... We just can't do that. Or I belong at my cricket club, or I feel like I belong at Cameo, but sadly we're not meeting either. Um, or I've got a season ticket with the Albion, so I really feel when I'm there like I belong at the Amex. 
or I belong to my family, or my work, or my church, or my music group, or my small group, or I belong to my school, or I belong to my Lord, or my Saviour, I belong to my gym, but I can't go there because that's shut as well at the moment. In fact, most of those things that I've just mentioned there of places, groups that we can belong to, uh, we can't do right now. And uh, there is that feeling, isn't there? We just feel, well, you know, I, I, I feel like I, ought, I, I do belong, but I can't actually express that. I can't be part of that in the way I'd like to. But there's nothing quite like knowing that you do genuinely belong. In other words, a place or a group of people where you're accepted, where you're loved, where uh, no matter what, you know, what kind of... Uh, state you're in at the moment you know that it's okay with these people you can relax uh, you know that you belong warts and all you're at home and it feels good I belong belonging is good isn't it there's lots of uh, lots of good stuff happens when we belong and the best thing I think about belonging is the masks come off and you can just be who you are who you really are deep down and the very best thing about belonging if you're a Christian is this because we belong to God, the creator of the universe? That is an extraordinary thought. And, uh, and the good stuff that comes from that, the Bible calls them blessings, are just massive and everlasting. And nothing, nothing can change that. Uh, we belong to His people. Now, one of, the, one, of the, one of the difficult things about Corona at the moment, isn't it, is that uh, we can't actually physically meet. We belong to our small group, we belong uh, to our church and so on, but we can't actually meet physically together. So we're working on ways to help us to do that. Uh, more and more of our smaller groups are using Zoom. It's a really good way of being able to meet together in some way, and we want us to be able to, uh, uh, to, to do that perhaps a little bit more. Uh, I've found a, uh, a good Zoom guide, which we'll put on our bulletin at BH, for instance. Uh, we're going to try Zoom for our prayer meeting next Wednesday. Uh, and uh, we may try to use it as an evening service fairly soon. A bit of work to do. We'll see how we go on that. Uh, but we'd like to do that because we want to express our belonging uh, in being able to see one another when we're meeting together and being able to talk with one another as well. So the question, do you belong? Do you belong? Well, I hope all of us can say that we belong somewhere, uh, family or in our neighbourhood, our church, our small group, whatever it is. Um, and I reckon the majority of us, perhaps not all of us, would happily say, yes, actually, I belong personally to God. And Psalm 144 uh, is a psalm written by someone, King David, who knows that he belongs um, and who is expressing this fact that uh, if you belong, then you are blessed indeed. If you belong spiritually, if you belong to God, then you are blessed indeed. And uh, the good stuff here that we see in Psalm 144 is absolutely extraordinary. But we need to go back a few steps first. Um, now, we're in this series uh, of these Psalms of David, King David. Psalm 145, the, the last in the series, will be tonight. So do come online again tonight. Simon will be speaking on that. And it's written by David, King David, about 1000 BC, 3000 years ago. Um, and we know that David points us to Jesus. David, the great king 
of God's people. Uh, he told uh, the Messiah, was, he was told well, the Messiah was going to be one of his descendants. And then Jesus comes, the Messiah, one of David's descendants, and the King. And next Sunday morning, Palm Sunday, we'll be seeing and understanding, I trust, a little bit more about how this king, as, as we see in Mark's Gospel, chapter 11, for next Sunday, comes to Jerusalem. And uh, very exciting as we're looking ahead to that and, of course, to the next Sunday, which will be Easter Day. So this psalm for today, uh, it's not just about David, but it's also about Jesus and because we believe that what is true of Jesus is also true of those who belong to Jesus, that for those of us who belong to him, this psalm is true of us as well. So this psalm is about David, it's about Jesus, and it's about you and me. So uh, let's see these, these wonderful blessings, uh, but find out more about this king who we belong to. So, uh, the first thing is to say that the king here is an opposed king. The opposed king. And uh, let's look at verses 1 and 2. This is true of David, it's true of Jesus, and the opposition is true of us as well. So, verses 1 and 2. Praise be to the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. He is my loving God, and my fortress, my stronghold, and my deliverer. And we're seeing David here, the king, and we see him opposed. So in verse 1, he talks about, tra uh, train he trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. Uh, obviously, he has enemies. We look in verse 6, send forth lightning and uh, scatter the enemy. So he has enemies. And he talks of God in verse 2, being his deliverer, my stronghold and my deliverer in verse 2. And he talks about the hands of the foreigners who are his enemies. So look at verse 7, for instance. Uh, Reach down your hand from on high, deliver me and rescue me from the mighty waters, from the hands of foreigners. That's in verse 7. And uh, we see in verse 11, deliver me, rescue me from the hands of foreigners. They were probably the Philistines. David was always having uh, um, battles with the Philistines. Only Goliath was a Philistine. And uh, uh, they, they, the Philistines were always willing to send in their, their, invade, their uh, uh, raiders or try a quick invasion or two from time to time. So uh, the Philistines were major physical enemies of David. But in verses 8 and 11, just have a look at verse 8. Uh, it says there, beginning of verse 8, whose mouths are full of lies, whose right hands are deceitful. And then look at the end of verse 11, exactly the same, whose mouths are full of lies, whose right hands are deceitful. So he's saying these foreign threats struggle with keeping their word and their right hand. You know how you raise your right hand? If you're taking an oath, well, he's saying their right hands are deceitful. So they'll take oaths, for instance. They can't be trusted. They may take an oath, but actually they won't keep that oath. And, uh, uh, but also this opposition is not just from, from the Philistines, from people who are outside, from uh, other countries and so on, but it's also internal. Now, have a look at the end of verse 2. Uh, he talks about God who subdues peoples under me, he says at the end of verse 2, who subdues peoples under me. But if you look at the bottom of the page, the Newton's National Version has a little footnote, and it says, subdues my people. 
And those who know more about these things than I do, but they tell me that actually it's more likely here that you're talking about um, uh, a situation where uh, there is internal opposition from David's people. And of course, when we read about David in the Bible, we know he was opposed internally. And so he is an opposed king uh, from uh, outside the country, from the Philistines especially, but also from inside So King David had much opposition. But we know that King David points forward to Jesus, and the same is true of Jesus, the one who was opposed. So uh, uh, someone's written of Jesus, he was a fugitive, misunderstood, rejected, laughed at, scorned, forsaken, betrayed, unjustly convicted, and executed. And Prince Philip uh, has said of Jesus that he might be described as an underprivileged working class victim of political and religious persecution. And in in a sinful and rebellious world, God's rightful king, whether it's David or Jesus, they're bound to be opposed. And as we head up to Easter and we contemplate once more the passion of the Christ, we can't help but be struck again that King Jesus, God's rightful king, was opposed. And even as early as Mark chapter 3 and verse 6, for instance, it says this, Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. That's some opposition. And then the night before Jesus was crucified, they came from at night armed with clubs and swords. That's some opposition. And he was found guilty through several mock trials and nailed to a cross and left to die in agony. And that's some opposition. And us? How about us? Because uh, we see ourselves here too. And if we're Christians, then we belong to Jesus. And if we belong to Jesus, there will be opposition. Martin Buber, who is a a Jewish philosopher, but then became a Christian, he said, from my youth onwards, I have found in Jesus my great brother. As Christian people, we, we belong to Jesus. That is a great truth, isn't it? But if you belong to Jesus, just simply expect to be opposed. We should expect it in some way, whatever it is. So a guy called Benjamin Fernando said this, persecution is one of the surest signs of the genuineness of our Christianity. J.C. Ryle, great Victorian bishop, said, persecution is like the goldsmith's hallmark on real silver and gold. It is one of the marks of a converted man. And uh, uh, I've polished it up especially. Um, I've got here my, uh, my dad's, Um, napkin ring and it's silver in fact my mum and dad had napkin rings given some uh, I imagine for their wedding this is FLM my dad's initials Frank Leslie Moon and uh, just on the uh, the other side to that um, I don't know if you can see it but there is a tiny little hallmark to say that this is the real deal a silver napkin ring we're not in the habit of using napkin rings in our family, nor was my dad especially, um, but uh, they, they had them. And the hallmark is a sign of, that it's a genuine, the genuine article, the real deal. So it's saying that if you are 
opposed for your faith. It is a sign, not the only sign, but it is a sign of the genuineness of our faith. And King Jesus was and is opposed, and so therefore will be his people. Sometimes it will be irrational. Sometimes it will be vile. Sometimes it will be really nasty. Sometimes it will just be a little insinuation. Who knows? Um, But we have seen... Uh, and I have seen, say, online, uh, there's quite a lot of uh, comments being made uh, about God and about Christians over this corona business. How can God allow that? How can you believe in a God who allows that kind of thing to happen? What kind of a God would that be? Uh, and so on, and it will grow and develop, etc. So, uh, the opposed king. Second thing is to say uh, we want to talk about the frail king. Look at verses 3 and 4. Lord, uh, what are human beings that you care for them, mere mortals that you think of them? They're like a breath, their days are like a fleeting shadow. Now, most Bibles have that, as the NIV does, as plural, but in the original it's actually singular. That means, as David writes it, he's talking about himself. So you could read it like this, uh, Lord, what am I that you care for me, a mere mortal that you think of me? I'm like a breath. My days are like a, a fleeting shadow. That's David talking about himself and Jesus and us. Actually, uh, what he's doing is, is, in, is pulling in some of his own writings, Psalm 18 in particular, but other Psalms as well, and saying how frail he is. He might, might be a great warrior King David, as we saw in verse 1, but he's also frail and mortal. And he has no power independent of God his Father. And in the battles... He needs the Lord to come down. Let's look at verse 5. Part your heavens, Lord, and come down to scatter the enemy, the Philistines or whoever it was, to deliver and to rescue him. So in verse 6, send forth lightning and scatter the enemy. Reach down your right hand from on high in verse 7. He may be a great king, but he's frail too and he needs help. He's dependent. He's reliant on God, his father. I think one of the great encouragements with our Queen uh, is how um, she too would say the same. Um, she may not be involved in too much hand-to-hand combat these days. She, uh, she's 93, 94 next month, and amazing, isn't she? Um, but, uh, but she is one who is dependent on her King. She's a Christian believer. Uh, because of her age, uh, she is more frail than she used to be, but all human beings are frail. But she is a frail Queen who calls out to her older brother Jesus to come down to deliver, to rescue her. I hope you pray for our Queen. I think we, uh, we should do so perhaps more in our services. My guess is that she has had a far greater influence on our nation than we will ever, ever know. And we should be immensely grateful for her and continue to pray for her. Uh, I don't know about you, but when I, uh, uh, I heard that Prince Charles had uh, corona, uh, my immediate thought was, oh, I do hope the Queen hasn't got it. Wouldn't that be a tragedy? So, Jesus, the frail king, we ponder verses 3 and 4 as we come up to, G- uh, to Easter. Verses 3 and 4, the frailty of Jesus. Ponder the incarnation as we read again verse 4. Uh, like, I'm like a breath. My days are like a fleeting shadow. And what a wonder that God Almighty could say this about himself, that Jesus would read this growing up and think, that's talking about me. My days are like a fleeting shadow. 
What a wonder that a frail king would let himself be crucified by his subjects. What a picture of frailty that is. And for us, if we're Christians, we too belong to the frail king. So we won't be afraid to be frail and weak ourselves because we know that in God's economy, frailty is strength. In God's economy, frailty is strength. That's hugely important for for Christian people. So we've seen here uh, the opposed king, the frail king. And we will not be afraid to be frail. And we praise Jesus that he was frail for us. And then third, the trusting king. Look at verses 5 to 8. But first I just want to take us back to verses 1 and 2. Praise be to the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle, and so on. And uh, uh, my there is referring to David's relationship with God. In those two verses it comes six times. My rock, my loving God, my fortress, my stronghold, my deliverer, my shield. And there's clearly the the language of relationship here. We saw last week about this covenant relationship between David and God. This committed, loving relationship. A commitment that will not fail. And we look at these possessive nouns here in verses 1 and 2. And that's precisely what the covenant God would do. Who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. He is my loving God and my fortress, my stronghold, my deliverer. Of course, that's what our relationship with God is like. What David's was like. What Jesus' relationship was like with his heavenly father. What our relationship through Jesus is like. Because we would expect, wouldn't we, a covenant king to protect, a covenant God to protect his king as he did with David, to deliver his king, to subdue the peoples who are raging against this king. And as David trusts his king, that's exactly what he found to be true. And so we look at the imperatives as David prays in verses 5 to 8. Part, touch, send forth, shoot, rout, reach down, deliver, rescue. It's a pretty impressive list. And that's what David needs God to do. That's what David is trusting God to do. That's what David uh, is wanting God to do. And that's why David responds in verses 9 and 10, because God has answered his prayer. And David responds, I will sing a new song to you, my God. Uh, On the ten-string lyre, I will make music to you. David was a musician. And uh, uh, in verse 10, to the one who gives victory to kings, who delivers his servant, David. Now, when, when, when God does what David is asking for, David, the King David, he's been trusting his God, and he praises his God. He belongs, so he prays, and he's blessed. For Jesus? Maybe we should think of Gethsemane, the night before Jesus dies, as he is praying to his heavenly father he belongs with his father he trusts his father as he prays just like King David did and we see that um, for instance in John chapter 17 as well Jesus great prayer for his disciples trusting his father as he prays for us just like King David did Jesus is trusting his heavenly father for us 
we belong, we trust our Heavenly Father as we pray, just like King David did. Now, a lot of people are worried, aren't they, about corona. They're fearful. They're rather panicked by it all. And uh, as Christian people, yes, it's right to be concerned, but we also will be people who pray. And we're going to trust our Heavenly Father to whom we belong as we pray. He has our futures in his hands. And that will also mean, perhaps especially if we're older, trusting him with our lives, but also be sensible in what we do. So we need to make sure we keep on, for all of us, that we follow the government guidelines. We go out once a week, maybe a bit of exercise if we want to do that. We don't meet in groups of more than two and all the rest of it. Uh, But that's part of being a Christian. We do what we're told by the government. So we don't keep on going out to the shops or whatever. Um, We remember that we belong to God. And that means trusting him. Do you belong? Do you trust the king? I'm just reminded of uh, uh, um, a tightrope walker by the name of uh, Blondin. And uh, he did this, uh, in fact he did this a number, a large number of times. He walked across Niagara Falls on a tightrope. This was his party piece, if you like. And one day he got lots of um, uh, the press there. And he walked across Niagara and he came back. And then he walked across Niagara uh, with a wheelbarrow. And he came back and then he put a sack of potatoes in the wheelbarrow and he walked across and he came back with a sack of potatoes in the wheelbarrow. And then he turned to the the guys in the press and he said, "Um, do you believe that I could take you across Niagara in a wheelbarrow? And they all said, "Um, yes, yeah, we believe. Yeah, yeah, we believe you can do that. And he said, well, okay, then who's going to jump in? (laughs) And uh, no one did, um, understandably. And uh, uh, but actually trusting is getting in the wheelbarrow. Trusting God is putting our hand in his. It's getting in the wheelbarrow. And when we do, we are blessed indeed. That is what this psalm is saying, that when we do trust our opposed, frail king, the king who himself trusted his heavenly father, then we are blessed indeed and that is really the focus of our final point because uh, Jesus was and is the victorious king so was King David and in Jesus we are victorious as well so that's verses 9 to 15 we belong to the victorious king but first David the victorious king verses 9 and 10 I will sing a new song to you, my God, on a ten-stringed <coughs> ten lyre I will make music to you, to the one who gives victory to kings, who delivers his servant David. God answers his prayers with, with great victory, victory after victories in battle. And David is playing the lute, uh, like a little harp, I think, and, uh, and singing. Music's a great gift. Thank God for people like Matt and our musicians. And uh, that Matt is a musician, by the way. <laughs> uh, and King David looks with confidence to the future, verses 12 to 15. Then, then, so look at verse 12. Then our sons in their youth will be like well-nurtured plants, and our daughters will be like uh, pillars carved to adorn a palace. Uh, actually, you can still see uh, uh, female sculptures at the Parthenon in Athens. It happened quite a lot in those days. 
and uh, but it's talking about these blessings the blessings measured in those days of uh, uh, being strong and healthy having many children crops herds and flocks so look in verse 13 uh, that are healthy or pregnant uh, oxen for instance um, God's blessings measured in terms of security the end of verse four, 14 no cry of distress in our streets at the end of verse 14 there uh, and then the whole thing is summed up in verse 15 this is terrific blessed is the people of whom this is true blessed is the people whose God is the Lord do you belong well verse 15 says if you belong you are blessed indeed and the source of this blessing is not just God the Father uh, but the fact that there's a relationship with God our Father so his father actually implies that relationship but a clear relationship with him King David had this relationship with God his father he was a victorious king God answers his prayer and Jesus well he died for us but as we will celebrate in two weeks time and actually I hope every day of our Christian lives Jesus was raised from the dead and uh, Jesus' victory was wonderful but it was certainly not at any discount price because the cross, when he died for us, he paid that price in full, to the last penny, the cost of your sin and mine. It was uh, General Dwight Eisenhower who said this, <clears throat> there are no victories at discount prices. And for Christian people, there are no victories at discount prices, because Jesus paid it in full, on the nail, we might say as he died for us and then this Easter Sunday uh, in two weeks time we will celebrate I hope for all we're worth this victory glorious wonderful victory of Jesus over death Uh, he is the victorious king more than that if you're a Christian you can say he is my victorious king and what Jesus has won for us we share in that as he is our victorious king now and forevermore and his blessings are ours we will share his eternity his life, his resurrection do you belong? you are blessed indeed so it means even in the face of corona even in the face of an earthly uncertain future we know we know that we have ultimate perfect security in Christ and please I'm not just saying that we face our own mortality in these days but we are also assured of our own immortality our place with God in heaven forever do you believe do you belong you are blessed indeed or as Christopher Ash writes in his commentary on this psalm the people who belong to the opposed frail but trusting and victorious king are blessed indeed and so are we in Christ let's pray together Lord Jesus thank you that you were and are the opposed king you were the frail king you were the trusting king and you are the victorious king and thank you that for those who believe we belong 
and we are blessed indeed. In fact, as it says at the end of the psalm, blessed is the people of whom this is true. Blessed is the people whose God is the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the most wonderful truth that we have seen this morning. Blessed is the people whose God is the Lord. Lord Jesus, we praise you today. Amen.